0: Welcome to another exciting episode on the Ask with Confidence podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and hope you leave this episode feeling empowered to take on your most difficult conversations. We're your hosts, Katherine Kanapke and Maria Eden, and we're passionate about helping women like you get the most out of your difficult conversations to get ahead in life. Before we start, is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If so, check out our website at AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we would love to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes,
1: I'm happy to be here. Awesome.
0: Yeah, it's great having you on the podcast. So let's start out by telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you do.
1: Yes. So my name is Jennifer. I am a registered dietitian and licensed in the state of Ohio, and I work at a diabetes and endocrinology center. So I do a lot of nutrition education on um, diabetes, diabetes management, as well as PCOS, insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, hypothyroid, kind of that whole the whole area there. Uh, weight loss, weight maintenance, even weight gain um, for certain individuals. So I kind of hit the spectrum with that.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Super excited to have you here. So listeners, just kind of as a disclaimer, um, we're going to be going over health related topics. Um, however, we're not going to be going over like specific diets, specific weights, anything like that. Um, so the material that we're going to be covering is simply just how you can feel your best by treating your body right. Um, both Jennifer and I believe that every body is different. So, um, obviously please do what is right for you. So the four topics that we're going to be getting into today is how to implement a healthy lifestyle when you are busy, why having a healthy lifestyle is critical to confidence, how to avoid getting swept up into diet culture, and how to set boundaries with your health goals in mind. So let's jump into the first one. Um, how can our busy working professionals implement a healthy lifestyle?
1: So I would say the number one rule for implementing a healthy lifestyle is to create a schedule schedule. And then, you know, be consistent with that schedule. So a lot of times we fall out of practice, especially with the past year, year and a half of working from home, not working from home and things, you know, kids in school, not in school, it was very, it was very hectic. And I had a lot of people find, you know, out that their biggest struggle was not being on a schedule anymore, not needing to wake up at a certain time. And so then they're missing breakfast, or then they're missing a morning walk or a morning workout. And I really find that just having a schedule, both an eating and a sleeping schedule, and again, being as close to consistent as you can with that is the first step. And being as close as you can and being consistent doesn't mean like every, every morning at 8 a.m. sharp, you're having breakfast, right? It's still being flexible. And so sometime within the first few hours of you waking up. You're eating breakfast, and then a few hours later, maybe you're having a snack or you know your small lunchtime meal. So part of that eating schedule, I guess, kind of sub sub suggestion A there is to have like four to six eating occurrences in that schedule. Um, so that's another area that I see a lot and um, difficulty with weight management is when meals are being skipped, and then at the end of the day, you're famished and you're super hungry, and you're having a really big You know, one meal at the end of the day when your body really no longer needs that many calories all at one time. So, we really do find a lot of research shows, a lot of studies, and a lot of personal experience has shown that having four to six kind of mini meals and snacks throughout the day is where we see the most success with that weight loss and weight management. So, at no point in time are you getting too hungry and able to, you know, being more likely to give into temptation um, or over consume something at a single meal. And so that also helps manage your blood sugar. I know I work at an endocrinology center, so that's a big focus for a lot of people too. Um, So having those, you know, mini meals and snacks. So whether that's breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, or maybe it's breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner. Again, that looks different for everyone, but that's really important to be semi-consistent with and eating kind of on every two to four hour schedule. And so that's different for everyone's body. I'm eating every two, three hours sometimes. And my husband's like, wow, you eat a a lot of food. And he eats every four hours, four and a half hours. So it looks a little different for everyone, but it's having that consistency and and not skipping meals. Um, So I think part of that too, with having a schedule between eating and sleeping and going to bed around the same time, waking up around the same time allows you to eat around the same times and fit in the things that are a priority to you. If walking at a certain or walking in the day is a priority to you, if you're not following a schedule, you're not going to be able to fit that in. So I think kind of another sub suggestion there is kind of making time to prioritize you and yourself. And that's what a lot of people, um, a lot of working individuals are afraid to do. You know, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, whoever it is, you always feel like you're taking care of someone else and you're not prioritizing yourself. And that's a big um, habit that we've fallen into. So make time to prioritize you, to get that walk-in, to do a morning workout. Um, And then um, I did have another point there for um, working professionals and implementing a healthy lifestyle is that you should also, um, as far as the activity side goes, I know we have, um, you mentioned there's a lot of entrepreneurs, nine to fivers and parents listening to the podcast. So all of those are busy positions, whether you're a stay-at-home mom from a full-time CEO, those are very busy positions. And again, that kind of goes back to my last point of finding time to prioritize you and activity and exercise for a healthy lifestyle really does need to be a priority. Um, but just like your eating schedule, it doesn't look the same for everyone. I'm not saying you all need to go to the gym, right? So we got to find what activities you enjoy and, and are fun for you. And I think a big thing that I focus on with, um, particularly people who are working a lot of hours, have a busy work schedule and feel like they're not getting enough family time. And they're worried that exercise time will cut into family time. Well, those can be two of the same things, you know, find activities that are fun, family time activities, go on a walk together or go around and kick a soccer ball together or, you know or go you know or do if it's a bad day do a dance video or a zumba video together with your kids and kids love to work out I've done a few kids fitness classes and it kind of surprises you how much like yeah like watch me do these squats or watch me do these push-ups like kids love that stuff so that's going to motivate you and then in, that's family time in turn And uh, the last point I think I have on that, that is not really definitely not my focus area, but taking care of your financial health, I find that that is a big factor here as well, um, because finances are a big stressor. So whatever that looks like, that's not my specialty area. My husband does kind of more of that stuff, actually. But, you know, finding that, you know, we find that financial um, woes lead to a lot of stress and that can have that negative cycle of bad habits, not having a schedule, not being active. So it's kind of all three components, your mental wellness, physical wellness, and financial wellness, really nice little trifecta.
0: That's fantastic. Wow. So I really liked how, um, you went over about, you know, having a consistent schedule. Cause I know that personally really helps me. We you know when I'm feeling busy. It's like, you know, I know that I'm always going to work out at 9am. All right. I go to 9am, um. I feel like I'm, you know, privileged in that I have um, a pretty flexible schedule, but for example, my brother's a nurse, um, so he, he will work, you know, three days, you know, at the beginning of the week or, you know, some weeks will be completely different. Um, so what's your advice, you know, if someone's schedule is, you know, changing all the time with that, you know, how do you build a schedule with that?
1: Mm -hmm. It is definitely harder for the nurses in the community who work um, different shifts, whether it's second shift, night shift, or have four days on, three days off, what that looks like. So it is still kind of creating a schedule for those days. Maybe you're Monday, Tuesday, maybe you're not a Monday through Sunday kind of schedule person, but knowing like, okay, my work days kind of look like this and my off work days kind of look like this and whether that's a Work days a Monday or work days or an off days a Monday. So it's more of having that workday versus non-workday schedule that you can somewhat follow.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And another thing that I know that you said is that, you know, your eating schedule is different from your husband's. So, you know, if someone is really wanting to implement that schedule, what are some like body cues that you can kind of look out for to have a good schedule that works best for you?
1: I would say starting off with eating. If you're someone who doesn't have a schedule, if you typically are skipping meals and you're not really in tune with your body's hunger cues, because if you're constantly skipping meals, you've lost that. Your body has given up. It's like, okay, you're not listening to me anymore. Why should I give you the appropriate cues anymore? So really the good starting point is just to start with a baseline. Maybe you start to eat every three hours or so. Maybe you have the breakfast and if you have a later breakfast, then you just have a lunch and then maybe you have three hours later snack and then around three hours later is dinner. And kind of start eating on that, you know, three hour window schedule at first. And it's going to feel like a lot, again, for people who are used to skipping meals and not eating during the day, but it truly is a healthier way to eat. It typically does lower caloric intake, which helps with weight loss. because we're managing calories better. And I usually say after maybe a month to three months, again, everyone's body is different when it, you know, to the length of time that takes, but your body will start to pick up on your consistency and that you're eating on schedule again, like, oh, okay, so we can start giving you some cues again. Okay, I'm give you some hunger cues and we give you some fullness cues. And so after a few months of really kind of eating on, maybe you have to send an alarm to eat on a schedule because you are not used to eating that way. But eventually I do see this time after time that people recognize, okay, I started recognizing that I was actually hungry at that hour three after my breakfast, my, my stomach started to grumble and I was like, oh, it is snack time. My alarm didn't even go off yet. So, you know, eventually it is listening to your body and your body's hunger and fullness um, signals as best you can. So eating when you're starting to initially feel a little hunger, a little grumble in your stomach, and then, you know, stop eating when you're feeling satisfied. We always talk about we should stop eating when you feel satisfied instead of full, because actually takes about 10 minutes for your stomach to communicate with your brain and be like, hey, we're good. We got everything we need. Um, so in that time, if you ate to fullness and then 10 minutes later, you go, Oh, I can't believe I ate that much or I'm really full. I need to just go sit on the couch. I mean, that's a pretty relatable feeling. So that's recognizing like, okay, I ate past the appropriate amount of, of, of cues there. Let me take a step back. So it's just getting in tune and listening to your body, um, as best we can. And again, not everyone is going to get there. There's different, um, there's different diagnoses, like, and especially when they're hormone related concerns, whether it's, um, a, hypothyroidism that is more of a um, genetic concern or even PCOS or a lot of other more hormonal related uh, diagnoses, it's really hard to even get in touch with your hunger and fullness signals then. So really it is more of that eating schedule because um, sometimes your body's just never going to give you the appropriate cues and you have, we have to kind of recognize that. But that's where meeting with a professional will be very helpful. Does your
0: company invest in professional development training? If you believe your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out a workshop request form, then we'll set up a time to connect. Our workshops are completely customized to reflect the specific and individual concerns faced by you and your team. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Click the link in the description to learn more and be sure to check out our YouTube, LinkedIn and Instagram so that you don't miss out on anything at the American Negotiation Institute. And now, let's get back to the episode. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the uh, go-to-registered dietitian. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, The last question I wanted to ask you is that a lot of um, times I often hear is, I am just too busy to even think about, you know, meal prepping. I'm too busy to work out i just don't even want to think about it so i really want to get into the mindset about just how you can i mean like you said truly prioritize yourself you know so that very starting point what's your recommendation for that
1: I think if we're at the point where that's health and wellness isn't even a priority yet, then we have to, I usually have people make like a list, whether it's a pro con list or like a spider web, like back to the elementary days where you put your main focus in the middle and you have little spider webs going off of saying, okay, what are my, like, this is me. What are my priorities right now? So whether it's a spider web, whether it's a priority list, again, whether it's a pro con list, we want to address what those priorities to you are right now. And if they end up saying things like being around, Um, for my kids or being active for, you know, my kids or my grandkids, or, you know, being around for my husband, or if there's things that are health related, but they don't specifically say health and wellness, then I help people recognize that. So like, Hey, how do you think you're going to accomplish this goal? Or if your goal is maybe to, um, you know, move up the chain at work, how do you think you're going to progress at work? If you're not taking care of yourself and you're not getting enough sleep and you're not exercising and your mental focus isn't there, how are you going to progress? So kind of always, we can pretty much make any priority relate back to your health and wellness, um, but not everyone sees that right away. So making that list and kind of showing those connections is a good place to start.
0: That's fantastic. And I feel like that's a perfect transition to why having a healthy lifestyle is critical to confidence.
1: So can you go a little bit over that? Absolutely. So endorphins, Who's heard of endorphins? Hope Most everyone has heard of endorphins. It's in, you know, Legally Blonde, Endorphins Make People Happy. I and mean, that's always my go-to reference. So endorphins come from a lot of things, but a lot of it is really health related. So exercise, activity, eating foods that actually fuel your body, fuel your body appropriately, create these endorphins, these are your feel good hormones. So as soon as you have a positive encounter with a good exercise day, and you're eating healthy, and you're feeling your body, and you're getting these endorphins, which is the sciencey part of it, is you are actually feeling good. And when you feel good inside, you radiate that, you radiate confidence and you, you are stand taller, you have your chin up higher and, um, also your skin glows. I have a lot of people who change their, you know, when they change their dietary choices and they're eating more essential fatty acids and, and fiber and, and proteins and getting good vitamins and minerals, um, that improves, it can improve acne and it can clear up, you know, other, you know, skin blemishes and you just radiate. Um, so when you feel good, you, you look good, and you are more confident. And that comes from it truly does come from the inside out. So versus the other way, when you're not taking care of yourself, and you're not eating well, and you're not exercising, you tend to feel more stressed out, and you feel more anxious. And that's coming from mainly cortisol, which is our stress induced hormone. And any you know, time we're stressed out, cortisol levels will increase. That is scientifically proven. And cortisol is the hormone that also activates your fight or flight mechanism. If you learned about that back, back in grade school, middle school, I'm not sure when that was. But fight or flight was a thing I know we talked about as a survival mechanism. And that is still very much a thing that, that humans have. And cortisol uh, starts that. And when you are in the spot or flight or survival mode, whether you recognize it or not, your body is really clamped up and slows down. Your metabolism slows down. Your digestion slows down. So you just don't feel good. You tend to have a lot of stomach issues and and upset. So then you're not radiating positivity if your stomach is upset and you're crampy and you're bloated and you tend to hunch over. And again, that's the opposite of that confident radiate, radiating feeling. Uh, the cortisol also causes energy to be more readily stored in your adipose tissue or which is your fat cells. And again, that's the survival mode. That's your body getting ready for something catastrophe to happen. And um, that can cause gradual weight gain or it can be very difficult to lose weight, kind of depending on what your goals all are when you are in this fight or flight, stressed out side of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredibly interesting. And yeah, I loved how you um, tied fight and flight into that because that's something that we really go over in our um, negotiation trainings and especially our like salary negotiations is Mm -hmm. that you know if you're saying hey i i deserve a higher salary and it's you know if you're not taking care of yourself and you're saying that you know you might not be able to handle that negotiation or go into that and you know radiate that confidence um that's fantastic so yeah i definitely agree yes yes Okay, cool. So let's jump into the third point. So um, I read a crazy uh, statistic that was said that, um, you know, during COVID people gained an average of 50 pounds. So knowing this, there's going to be a lot of temptation, you know, going into those crazy fat diets, going into those juice cleanses, you know, that's all you eat is juice for, <laughs> you know, a week. Um, so what are some ways that we can avoid falling
1: into that trap? So my number one suggestion is seek a professional opinion. And that is, I mean, I'm going to be a little biased, but I'm going to say a registered dietitian. Well, our doctors are great. Endocrinologists are great. You know, gynecologists, we have a lot of professionals, but those are their specific areas. Gastroenterologists, you know, GI, that's their area. Endocrinologists, that's their area. A dietitian, our area is is just that. It's eating food. It's food. It's eating healthy, eating well to fuel your body. Um, and to get where you need to go. So, and I will say not all, just like not all doctors are perfect. Not all doctors are up to date with the right information and the doctors have different varying opinions. They'll be the same line of thought with a registered dietitian. So not all opinions are gonna be the same. You can pick out 10 registered dietitians and they're all gonna have a different opinion. Hopefully same underlying basis. So where our goal is to you know provide evidence-based nutrition education. Um, so, about finding a registered dietitian that maybe you have had someone recommend or someone else has had, had a positive experience with or do your own research. So it's always good to not just pick pick a registered dietitian blindly either. But number one is, is seek a professional opinion. And I do want to touch on, since you mentioned the, the juice cleanse, I had a, a patient yesterday who asked me, like, hey, should I do a juice cleanse? And I was just like, hmm I've talked about this, and uh, so I mean that's only one of the various you know many you know fad diets that are out there. Um, but as far as a juice cleanse goes, I was like, let's think about this. You know, if you're if you're juicing things, there's a lot of vitamins and minerals you're losing. You're losing the fiber. We've talked about how important fiber is for regularity. You know, with this with this particular patient. Um, and then you're missing protein, you're missing a lot of food and food groups when you're when you're juicing. And the bottom line is, your body does a good job cleansing itself when you feel it appropriately. So we don't need these juice cleanses, we don't need vinegar, you know, you don't need to outwardly cleanse your body, your liver is your body's cleansing system. Again, as if you're fueling it with, with junk, right, if you're putting the the least least effective fuel into your body, then your liver is going to have a hard time, you know, taking care of your body. However, if you are fueling your body with the balanced vitamins, minerals, protein, carbs, you know, the healthy foods, the baseline foods in my plate that we all talk about, then you are ultimately going to have, you know, have a more successful liver and your body can take care of itself there on the cleansing side of things. Um, So that goes along with kind of my second point is knowing and understanding your body. And you said that in the very beginning, you know, everyone's body is different. Everyone's body needs different things. So recognizing, you know, what works for one person doesn't work for everyone. Some people do need a lower protein intake, um, if they have kidney concerns, right? We always hear that low carb, high protein is the way to go. And it is for a lot of people, but not for everyone. If you have kidney concerns, you should be doing a low protein intake. So we need to moderate carbs, carbs and fats. So having differences there. And um, but really recognizing that any, any diet that cuts out an entire food group is not going to be your healthiest choice. You're missing vitamins and minerals. So when it comes to the keto or the ketogenic diet is another fad diet that is becoming very popular. It's cutting out an entire food group. It's cutting out carbohydrates and carbs get a very negative rep. Really, it's it's certain carbs. Some carbs are going to be a healthier or better option than others. Not all carbs are bad. They're definitely not evil. And we're, that's one of our main macronutrients. We have carbs, protein, and fats. Those are what our, our food and our drinks are composed of, you know, calorie-wise. If you're cutting one out, you know, you're not getting balanced anymore. You're missing out on those essential essential nutrients, and anything that's not balanced is also not sustainable. So I like to ask kind of patients when they're asking me about these, you know, fad diets. It's like, do you see yourself doing this in five years? You know, ten years, twenty years? Is is this a sustainable lifestyle change for you? And if they say yes, then I'm like, okay, then I'll help you do it as healthy as possible. Um, but we have to really, you know, be honest with yourself. If this is not a sustainable, then it's really not a good choice. We don't want to do diets that have a start and an end because ultimately that weight, not always, but a lot of the time that weight is gained back if we haven't learned that healthy lifestyle change. And that's our focus. We don't want to be on a diet lifelong. We just want to have a healthy diet. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. Yeah. And um, I do have a question. So you know, I hear people saying, you know, what I want to lose some pounds, so I'm really going to restrict, or I really want to gain weight, so I'm going to, you know, just add a thousand, two thousand calories of, you know, whatever to my diet. Um, So when you said that, you know, it's not if it's not sustainable for the long term, then basically you shouldn't do that. Is there any exception to that, like in your professional opinion?
1: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with weight loss, weight maintenance, weight gain, there is different. It's going to be ultimately the calorie intake, depending on a certain individual. Sometimes it's about the protein, the carbs, and the fat, the macronutrient balance there as well. I mean, as far as, you know, needing to lose weight, you're not going to get a calorie deficit forever, right? So that is a temporary solution. If you know that if you lost 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds, you would be at a healthier weight for you and your body, then there does need to be calorie restriction uh, for the short term. So I don't consider that being... diet, though, that's more just kind of let me let me eat my healthy diet, just less of it. And it's let me have a little less portion size, let me still have my four to six eating occurrences, and still get my protein, veggies, fruit, but make the portion size smaller. So I know I'm eating at a calorie deficit in order to lose weight, we do need to be and it varies anywhere from like 300 to 600 calorie deficit is where we tend to see weight loss, whether we want it to be slower or a little faster. Um, and of course, super fast weight loss, anything that promises more than a few pounds of weight loss in a week is, is scary. You know, we want to be careful with that 10 pounds in a week. You should be very cautious of that. Um, you know, initially, a lot of weight loss is, is water weight loss, but we don't want to lose weight too fast. That's not sustainable and not healthy for our body either. So I guess ultimately to answer your question, you know, weight loss or weight gain, being at a calorie excess to gain weight and gain muscle, those are temporary situations. But they're not changing your overall dietary choices. Hopefully, hopefully you're still eating healthy and and balanced overall. It's more about the portions and maybe more vegetables and you know, less other higher calorie things.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now that makes a lot of sense. Um, And then also, you know, you mentioned that you really strongly encourage our listeners to seek out a registered dietitian or, you know, professional. Um, If somebody is not in Ohio, and they can't go to you, um, where would you suggest looking for those
1: professionals? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So the American or the, I can say the Academy for Nutrition and Dietetics, and is the professional, um, association for registered, registered dietitians. And on their website, they do have a find a dietitian in your area, you know, button. So I would say that is, I'm not sure exactly. I'd have to search what the exact website is, but it's definitely the, um, Association of Nutrition and Dietetics, I think it's eatright.org. Yeah. And then they can, there is a button for find a registered dietitian.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Well, yeah. I definitely have that um, link in the description below if anybody is interested in checking that out, because that sounds like a great res- resource. Yeah. Um, So the fourth point I wanted to get into, um, especially, you know, with people going back into the office, you know you have those table full of donuts and bagels and juices and everything um, that are super tempting. If that's not in your personal, um, you know, plan, um, what are some ways that you can set boundaries
1: with your health goal in mind? Mm -hmm. So my favorite word and probably a lot of dietitians' favorite words is moderation. So just like we said, we don't want to cut an entire food group out. We want to be reasonable and realistic with our expectations. That's where moderation comes into play. Just about everything can fit in moderation. So managing the, the choices and the portion sizes and recognizing when something doesn't fit. You're like, okay, if I already had, maybe I already had, um part of a homemade cookie at you know lunchtime and then you come home and there's more cookies or there's pie or there's another dessert you know sitting around be like okay i already i had my treat today the second one doesn't fit for today doesn't mean i can never have it again but recognizing what fits and what doesn't and budgeting out your day just like you buy, you hopefully or eventually will budget your finances that financial wellness it's important to see you know food consumption and calories in the day is a budgetary choice as well. Find what fits. Find you know find what doesn't to get that balance in the day. So enjoying in the moderation and allow um, for, for gimmies is what I like to call them. So you know that's kind of more for eating out maybe. I'd say if you're going out with clients or friends or family, then allowing a gimme which is typically what alcoholic gimme is going to be a alcoholic beverage or an appetizer or the dessert. So mm-hmm. instead of getting all three along with your entree, that's a lot of added calories. A lot of, you know, a lot of that is empty calories too, which are things that aren't providing you a lot of nutritional value. Um, pick one of them, pick your one gimme. Would you rather have just the alcoholic beverage with your entree or just split the appetizer or just maybe split a dessert? So picking your gimme and that can work for other treats in the day. Like I said, having that one homemade cookie versus not the um you know mass produced donut you know pick what's worth it for you pick your one gimme um and for when there's treats sitting in the in the uh, break room uh then don't be afraid to again for that moderation side to split things there's nothing wrong with taking the knife and cutting a fourth of the donut off if you're like I really want that piece I'm going to think about it all day if I don't have a little bite then cut a little bit off have it you're done move on with your day or cut that cookie in half you know you're cutting the calories in half when you're doing that so don't be afraid to cut it in half or cut a fourth of it off someone else is going to eat the rest you don't have to be the one to eat the eat the whole thing and if you feel that you can't do that in moderation then it's a good idea to avoid you know just bypass the break room don't tempt yourself And, you know, pack your snacks, pack your lunch, and know you have your healthier options available to you. So finding out where you are in your journey, you know, whether it's weight loss, weight maintenance, weight gain, you know, if your journey right now is, is weight loss, and you know that you cannot stick to that half of a cookie or that small bite, you're going to want more and more Then knowing that about yourself, that that's really important. So be like, okay, I'm just going to avoid it. I'm going to avoid the temptation for now, go maybe grab a piece of gum and move on with my day. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, what are
0: some like for that sweet tooth out there? Um, what are some, you know, maybe like swaps that you can like pack in your lunch um that would maybe satisfy that sweet tooth?
1: So it's a little different. It depends if, you know, if fruit satisfies your fruit your your sweet tooth, because fruit has fructose in it. It's very naturally occurring fruit sugar. And fruit some are sweeter than others. So if there's a fruit you really love, then pack that. And if you're like, you know, that's a good, that's a good replacement. Um, if you're like, that's just that fruit's not going to do it for me. <laughs> that's not chocolate. Then, you know, finding maybe a good protein bar that is, you know, has a chocolate flavoring and is going to be, you know, then be careful with that. There's a lot of protein bars that are really just sugar bars. So we don't want to replace a, you know, not too good option with an even less ideal option. So you really want to find a, a good protein bar. Um, some of the like brands I would usually recommend are going to be like Aloha or Quest or One. Those are not going to have any added sugar. The Think Thin bars are taste pretty good. They don't have much added sugar. Um, Built Bars, which are online, I actually had one today and that replaced my sweet tooth craving. So find a healthier alternative like that. Um, yogurt, if you're a yogurt person, there's also a ton of different yogurt flavors. There's the ones that have like key lime and coconut and And chocolate mousse, or there's a lot of yogurt flavors. Again, you know, yogurt is something you have to be careful to make sure you're not getting more added sugar from that yogurt than you might from that cookie, um, because there's a lot of yogurts with a lot of added sugar in them, but trying to find the brands that are light um, or have no added sugar. Oikos Triple Zero is a good one that has no added sugar. Uh, Too Good Yogurt is another one. Kroger has Cardmaster. They have Light Greek. So there are good options out there, just being that informed consumer check the nutrition facts label and watch out for added sugars. Um, but those are my main ones. I'd say fruit flavored yogurts, um, true protein bars that are going to be a good kind of sweet tooth replacement for you. Fantastic. That's great. Um, so I see a lot of
0: people that, you know, they have that schedule, like they laid out that we talked about in the first point, you know, but Let's say that their, you know, designated workout time is maybe 6 p.m. Like when they get off of work and then all of a sudden their coworkers come along and say, hey, you know, like, let's go out to eat. Let's go for some drinks. You know, um, how would you handle that to either set those boundaries or
1: um, what's your advice? So it's, it's going to vary, right? So if you had, if you already had your night out that week for say, like say, oh, I already ate out this week or I already went out and had beverages, then it is good to set that boundary and be like, hey, I appreciate the invite invite me next time. But tonight I already have, you know, I I already have plans. Your plans are going to the gym. That's your you time. Or maybe you signed up for a class if you need that commitment that you're like, you're on a list and someone is expecting you there. That's a good way to hold yourself accountable and, and get that, you know, get that workout in. So I mean, that's one side of things. On the other side of things, if you're like, well, I, you know, we don't want to justify, so we be careful here, but be like, okay, I'm definitely going to, you know, I've made it every other day and I haven't been out in a while. And maybe these are friends I don't see in a while or I don't hang out a lot with my coworkers. Again, that going back to that moderation, you don't want to deprive yourself. If you're going to feel bad or guilty or, you know, and maybe I'll make up for it in an unhealthy manner later on, then, then give yourself that time and, and, and decide to go on and be like, okay, this is my one time out this week and I'll get back to my workout schedule tomorrow. So if you do that, that's important to, you know, get set yourself that boundary and be like, okay, tonight's the night, I'm not going to spiral downward, I'm just going to have this one night out, and again, get back to my workout schedule, as planned tomorrow. It can go both ways, just being reasonable and realistic with yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So... If someone is, you know, just super dedicated to, you know, that they want to do that, that they want to, you know, stay on their schedule, they prefer to have that me time. That's how they'd rather spend their night. Yeah. Um, but their friends or coworkers are just like, oh, you know, you have been saying no to us, um, you know, recently for that. You know, how do you handle that conversation and
1: really try to say, hey, I'm per- prioritizing me. And it's okay to say it just like that. I mean, I mean, I would have to have a little bit of. be a little cool you know don't be super coy about it and and be you know tone of voice matters matters quite a bit but i'd be like hey guys i appreciate i appreciate the invite and i'm just i'm in a place right now where i'm really focusing on me and my health and and my wellness and my gym time is is really important to me right now how about i you know you guys at lunchtime, how about we have lunch together instead? Or, you know, offer maybe a different alternative so that they're not feeling like you're kicking them to the curb, but you're still holding yourself accountable to your goals and and your you time. Mm -hmm.
0: That's fantastic. Well, Jennifer, this episode has been absolutely amazing. Um, Yeah, very excited to have you on here. Um, So before you go, can you tell listeners where they can find you and how they can connect with you?
1: Absolutely. So, um, I mentioned earlier, I work at a diabetes and endocrinology center. Uh, so that's called DECO D E C O. Uh, so you can find me on DecoHealthyLiving.com. My information is on there. If you want to contact me and reach out to me through DECO, you don't have to be a DECO patient in order to see me. I do nutrition counseling for anyone who wants to come see me there. We also have a Facebook page, uh, DECO healthy living on Facebook, um, Instagram, I'm not as good at posting on there, but there's a neck of Living Instagram as well. Or if you just want to reach out to me personally, I'm on Instagram as Jen M underscore RDN. Um, and I'm also on Twitter for the same with the same name, Jen M underscore RDN. And I'm not as good at posting on either of those either, but I do have information on there and I do post when I can. But I will always see messages if you want to reach out to me one on one.
0: Well, perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely put all those links um, and tags in the description below. So thank you again for coming on the podcast. It was great, you know, hearing your
1: wisdom and expertise. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate this time and I'm here if you want to have another session. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks again for being a listener of the Ask with Confidence podcast.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you're enjoying the content, please subscribe and review. We want this podcast to reflect what you are experiencing in your everyday life, and your feedback will help us do just that. Thank you, and we hope you join us in the next episode.